Welcome back or welcome to the Single Track Podcast. I'm your host, Finn Melanson, and in this episode, we talk with Cole Watson, a professional trail runner for Hoka based in Folsom, California, ahead of the 2022 Western States 100. Before we get started, though, this episode of Single Track is brought to you by Soar Running. Soar Running, that's S-O-A-R Running, are a London-based high-performance running apparel brand. Why am I excited to partner with Soar? Well, if you're like me, you take pride in your running gear and you want the best. That's why I'm stoked about this brand. They are pushing the running apparel boundaries when it comes to producing gear that we care about, like wet and cold weather layers and racing kits. I'm also excited because they are finally moving into the trail running space. After years in the figurative lab, they have launched a trail-specific clothing line that I've had a chance to test, specifically their half-zip t-shirts, trail race vests, and trail shorts, all out on multi-hour runs in my backyard of the Wasatch Range. This apparel is the real deal. If you want help getting kitted out for your training and racing needs, Soar is offering us an exclusive 20% savings at SoarRunning.com. All you got to do is enter the code SINGLETRACK20 at checkout, but act fast. This code is only valid through June and July. I'm stoked, people, and I care about you all. I wouldn't be endorsing something if I didn't believe in it and use it myself, so go check out Soar Running when you get a chance. With that, let's get on with the show. Cole Watson, welcome to the Single Track Podcast. Yeah, thanks, Ben. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to have you here, and uh, I do want to cover a couple topics before we get into Western States, and the first is you ran at the University of Oregon well before you got into ultras, and uh, for folks that have operated outside of the trail running bubble, that's a one of the most, if not the most prestigious track and field school in the country. So what was that experience like? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it was it was a dream come true being an, an Oregon guy, um, getting the chance to run there. You know, uh, every year they're bringing in the best people, not only around the country but around the world. And so to to have a chance to run with some of those folks, uh, I was there for five years. So I left um, in 2015, started in 2010. So when I came in, I think AJ Acosta and Matt Centrowitz were juniors and seniors um and to see them kind of go through the you know the process of the post-collegiate stuff and yeah um it was it was really cool to you know and that's a big reason I went there is I I kind of felt like it was a sort of a post-collegiate factory um and that that clearly didn't happen I didn't become a professional (laughs) miler or anything like that but uh, my time there, just the magic that you felt walking around the campus and the history um, uh, and the facilities and the people I got to work out with and the relationships I got to build, it was, you know, it's irreplaceable. And, you know, there's only really, in my opinion, one place you can kind of get that kind of history and, and that kind of company in the country, and that's the University of Oregon. So I was really, I was really stoked to, to be a part of that. Did your experience in that program energize you and inspire you to want to keep running after your collegiate years? Or did you have to build that back to any extent? Because I've, I've, I've heard it on both sides with athletes that have come on the pod. Yeah. I mean, I think I had to, I had to take a step back. Um, I mean, I was, I was good coming out of high school. And so I, I mean, I deserve to run for the university of Oregon, but I just didn't progress at the rate that, you know, was going to enable me to run a professional track. Um, 
but I still loved running it. I'm really thankful that I didn't get so demoralized that I, I resented, you know, the sport that had given me so much and the opportunities yeah. they have given me. So I'm, I think I, that's what I'm most thankful for is that I still, I didn't blame running and I know that, or, you know, it's just easy. It's an easy slippery slope to kind of fall, fall into, but uh, I still want to stay connected to it after college. And uh, so I, I had the opportunity to coach a community college program that was starting up uh, in Medford, Oregon, which is in between Rogue River and Ashland where I grew up. And I ended up working at the running store part-time in Ashland with Brett and, and Ryan uh, Gelfi and, and Hal Kerner. And uh, uh, you know, they kind of ushered me into the trail stuff um, after I played around with some, some road things right out of college. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it was, it was, uh, that was kind of how I, I guess I, I, I stayed connected to the sport was just doing whatever I could to, to give back as a coach or, you know, I, you know, I love gear and shoes and stuff like that. I, I went to college as a, and got a degree in product development and design. And so it was really fun to sling shoes and, you know, stay connected to, to my roots. Being around those guys in Ashland, that's like the perfect storm of mountain ultra trail running inspiration. Like Ryan has this quote, you either die on the track or you live long enough to see yourself become a mountain ultra trail runner. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good one. I mean, there's a lot of folks that, um, that their careers are inspiring because it, it was, it was true for them. And, and I think that that's really a fulfilling way to, to kind of live this, this running life, you know, uh, I didn't, you know, I didn't know what I was missing in running until I found trail running and mm. I still love to run road races, uh, I don't know if it would be the safest thing for me to run a 5k on a track right now. I think my hamstrings might pop, but, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I wouldn't rule it out for the future. You know, I, I, I really, uh, I enjoy striving to be a well-rounded runner. And I think that's what trail running is ultimately, you know, done for me. Well, unfortunately we're, we're limited in this pre-race interview format, so we'll have to do some long form thing another time, but I got one more question for you before we dive into Western I was scrolling through your Instagram uh, in prep for this interview, and you had this great post after racing the Speedgoat 50K last year. You said something to the effect of acceptance and ownership of our performances are sometimes the hardest parts of competition. And I don't know why that struck something in me, but it did. And I'm wondering if you can talk about that more and, and maybe how it applies to your own training and racing. Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, a long time ago, I mean, someone told me that you have a couple days to be, you know, happy, glad, or sad after a performance, you know, you don't want to ride a good one too long and you don't, you know, cause you got to move on. You don't want to ride a bad one too long either. Cause you, you know, you need to get back to work. And, um, I just think that, you know, if, if we, if we don't do anything with a failure and we don't learn from it, it's, it's just a waste and it doesn't have to be seen as such a mm. negative because we can use it and flip it on its head and it can be kind of kindling for the fire of motivation to get us back out there. So, um, yeah, I think that's just why it's important to, you know, just accept it for what it is and, um, you know, be like, yeah, like I did that I messed up and I'm going to learn from it. And then you're going to inspire people and yourself, hopefully, uh, when, you know, you turn it around the next time. Amen. Well, okay. Actually one more thing I want to ask you before Western, you've had 
three near golden ticket misses. I think over the course of the last three years, the most recent one being Javelina, but you had that foot race at the end with, I think Alex Nichols and Drew Holman at Bandera, just like a lot of exciting racing. Uh, so yeah. you truly like gone through the ringer in the gauntlet when it comes to getting into this race. So, um, I know though, like as a competitor, it's, it's hard to maybe think about those and reflect back, but are you taking any lessons from those experiences heading into this year's Western? Yeah, I mean, for sure. I, I, those, those three races, those golden tickets that I did, those were, those are my only races over, uh, over 50 K really. So that was my Bandera was my first hundred K Canyons, my second. And then, um, Havelina was my third hundred K distance over hundred K hundred miler. So first hundred miler, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I did silly, foolish things and all of them. And, uh, I, I mean, you have to, you have to, it's kind of a continuation of what we were just talking about. Yeah. You have to use those failures to keep you from failing in the same way again. And then that way you're not wasting that failure. Um, but you know, of course it's frustrating, disappointing and, um, and even inspiring, you know, it's just like, wow, like look how great I ran up until that. And then I just missed it by this much, you know, I guess that's one positive way for me to look at it. But, um, yeah, I, I often joke that, uh, Hoka gave me my sponsor spot just out of pity because they're tired of me, uh, uh, you know, just kind of being the bridesmaid, but, uh, I'm, I'm extremely excited to represent them and, and be able to run with these guys that I had close races with. And, mm. uh, maybe we can, uh, you know, flip the script this time. One thing interesting, in just talking about your, your build for this race, uh, you, I think you said it's important not to get too far from your strengths in any training block. And I think this is an interesting topic to, to cover because a lot of folks think, oh, it's Western States. Um, I got to focus on like my downhill legs, even if that's not something that like comes naturally to me. So can you talk about why you take that position when it comes to getting ready for this race? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I've always been for being a, just a, a well-rounded runner and athlete. And I just think that, uh, you know, it, it kind of all depends on like where you're coming from and what you're training for and what you just recently did, um, what your strengths are. Uh, what your weaknesses are. You got to take all that into account. And I mean, I just ran a hundred miler that the reason I ran Havelina was to prepare me for Western States. If I got the golden ticket or not, it was still going to prepare me for Western States or another hundred K to ultimately, you know, prepare me for the big dance and that kind of heat and everything. Um, so I, I wasn't that far removed from doing a lot of, to me, relatively uh, slow running because I just have a background as a, as a, as a miler in college and a shorter road racer, a, a marathon runner. So I have a lot of ability to turn over and, and do faster workouts, but I just, I spent so much time prepping for Havelina, um, like all through the summer and the fall of 2021, uh, doing some slower, longer running that I just thought, okay, I need a break from this. And I, I'm not going to necessarily lose, uh, you know, all that strength endurance that I built mm. up for training for a hundred miler and Havelina, if I do some of the shorter, faster speed stuff. So, I mean, my coach, Ryan, Ryan Gelfie is my coach with trails and tarmac. We just kind of decided, Hey, it's a long time until, you know, the last weekend in June. And this, you know, I found out that I was in a couple days before the lottery, uh, you know, in, in December. Um, so mm. we just, we kind of toned the mileage down a little bit, got back to some, uh, 
half marathon, marathon road based workouts. I even did some stuff on the track, um, did that for a couple months. And then, uh, and then we slowly started going from less specific to more specific. Um, but I never, I was in a position where I didn't have to race myself in like a lot of other folks, which is just a great place to be in my opinion, because you can really over race yourself at these distances, I think. And, um, I think I'm fortunate to, I mean, it's a blessing and a curse. You have a lot of experience running ultras or you're like me. And I, I don't have the most experience running ultras of the hundred K distance and above. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I have a lot of sub ultras and 50 K performances, but, um, yeah, I, I just, you know, I, I think I'm lucky to have not over raced at the distance. Didn't want to do a 50 mile or a hundred K. And then even in training, we just spread it out. Like I did, I think I ran 35 miles a couple times, but it was, you know, I was doing that at least once a month since January almost. So I think maybe a, a quantity quantity in the amount of times that I was running longer distances than the quality and the duration of it, you know, um, kind of. Do you think just given what the experience that you've accumulated the last year, year and a half counting Javelina, do you feel like you have enough Intel at this distance now to harness what everyone says is like truly elite, extraordinary talent? Um, yeah, gosh, I, that's that's a little bit of a hard question. I mean, dude, if I pull if I pull the town of Ashland, Oregon, they are telling me you're like the next Jim Walmsley once you have the experience at the district. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're they're very gracious folks. I miss all those people. I I you know I um I've been really taking like a very conservative like long approach with all this stuff. Um, and uh, I I mean I think that. <sighs> it's just a never ending game Finn. Like, I mean, we set the bar where we set it, but it's once you, once you achieve it, you know, it's kind of like, uh, well, what's next? I guess that's always been my attitude. And, and it's like, I, I'm not saying I don't live in the moment, but, um, I think that, uh, my expectations for the race, you know, are, are to take, to take uh, sustainable baby steps. So like, this is my first mm-hmm. time around. Um, and, uh, like my, my, my opinion is, is if you want to be in the top 10 or you want to win this race or whatever your goal is, you, you can't race like that from the gun. Um, I mean, there are some folks that are extremely, extremely talented and maybe it seems like they're doing that, but that's just relative to everybody else's talent. You know, <laughs> that's, a, good, I don't that's think, a great point. I don't think that mentally really anybody is really truly racing from the gun i don't even think jim you know and 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 jared and um you know the scott jerks of the world and all those guys that have all these yeah zach miller like i mean i just maybe they would say otherwise but maybe it's because they just don't know because it's just themselves but (laughs) i just don't think that that you can mentally sustain that for that that duration but then again, I'm just, I'm just a rookie at this distance. So, uh, but I, yeah, I, I'm definitely going about it pretty conservatively. And I think if you make your move at the right time in this race, you can all of a sudden be thinking about a lot more positions higher than you originally even planned for. Um, just because when people blow up and races this long, they, they really blow up, you know, they almost stop moving. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited, very excited for the day. And, 
um, I think I'm, I think I'm ready to execute, execute my plan. Well, we have a lot of shoe heads in the audience like Brett Hornig that love to talk about gear. So I think a lot of folks are fascinated. What are you wearing on race day for shoes, pack, all that kind of stuff? Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to wear the Tecton X, that, that new, uh, dual plated Hoka shoe, the plates are side by side and uh, it feels pretty good. Uh, at first I, I thought it felt a little bit firmer than, uh, what I was comfortable with. It's firmer than the speed goat, but, uh, it really, um, it's, it's good for, for these type of like PCT Western States type trails. Um, it's got enough grip and, uh, it's only like eight and a half or nine ounces or something, which is really nice for a trail shoe. And those plates kind of serve as a rock plate, almost like the old school rock plates, but, but not as heavy or anything like that. So I'm excited to, to use that. I've been using it a lot in training and I did a really short race in it as well. Um, and, uh, it's, it hasn't given me any problems. So I think I'm going to roll with it. Um, and then, uh, as far as packs and stuff, I'm not going to do a pack actually. I, at Havelina, I just did the double handheld thing and I used to be kind of against that. Uh, but I just haven't really found a pack that will fit me. I've, I've had a lot of trouble with the fit and, uh, and also I kind of like just the, the rhythm that the, the bottles can give me. So, yep. uh, that's kind of, that's kind of how I'm going to go about it. Right on, brother. Well, it's been a pleasure to talk. I'm super excited to see uh, what you can do on race day. We'll make sure to link to all your socials in the show notes. Anything else you want to say before we go? No, I mean, uh, I, I do. I mean, I do want to thank Hoka for the opportunity because uh, it's been it's been tough to get in, and uh, you know, I've waited a long time, so I'm really excited to represent them, and of course, thank my my coaches at Trails and Tarmac, and, and thank you, Finn, for having me on. Awesome, man. It's been an honor and we'll do, uh, we'll do something long form in the future, but until then, uh, good luck and rest up. Great. Thank you. Hey folks, I hope you enjoyed that conversation. And before you leave, if you are a new listener, I have a favor to ask. Could you leave a rating and review of this show in your podcast player? If you could, it would mean a lot to me because it helps more passionate trail runners like yourself discover this show. Regardless I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for listening. We will be back soon with many more interviews around Western States. Until then, I'm your host, Finn Melanson, and you have been listening to the Single Track Podcast.